started last um, Sunday uh, a two-week series on something that I know a lot about. I know a lot about. Um, I practice very little, and so this is um, this is this is one of those kind of messages and, and talks last week and this week, right? That um, hear hear my words more than more than what you see me do, but know that this is something I'm trying to do a lot more of. I sent a, a confession to the staff, I think it was yesterday. Um, I had a goal of the week before Christmas and New Year's of painting the conference room at the Gorham building, the Gorham campus, and I had to send them a confession yesterday that I didn't do it um, because I rested this week. And I think one of them forgave me, one of them ghosted me, which I think means ignore for you kids out there, right? And so um, he's probably bitter and upset with me. He hasn't really been talking to me this morning. So um, Dylan, I apologize publicly in front of the whole congregation and ask for your forgiveness. Um, it will happen. It will get done. Um, but, uh, but we started talking about rest. And again, we, we, so we finished up, we wrapped up Christmas, right? And kind of just had two weeks because next Sunday we're starting a brand new uh, series. We're going to walk through the book of Mark. So if you want to read ahead, um, we're going to be walking through the book of Mark for about 16 weeks and end right on Easter. Yes, that means uh, Easter is 16 weeks away um, uh, from next week. And so, um, and so we're, we're going to be doing that and wanted to do a two-part on rest. And then Monday, this past Monday, as I started diving into all the things that I felt like God wanted me to say about rest, um, I, I wish we had planned more time for this. And so we may come back to rest uh, next summer um, or, or something like that. Um, but, uh, but, but I feel like today um, we're, we're going to turn our attention there. There's two things I want to start with, two things that we've got to know about rest, two things that I hope you picked up on last week um, about rest, and this will kind of serve as a review uh, for rest. But as Jeff was talking a few minutes ago, I just kind of thought, you know, I'm, I'm so happy that he confessed about his need and lack of rest, because I'm sure the rest of us are doing much better than Jeff is. Amen. Amen. How many of you, how many of you are sitting here this morning? It's okay. This is a safe place. Okay. You're in a school. All right. We're safe. We're, we're, we're in a safe place. Okay. Right. How many of you would say, would say just by a show of hands that you need a little more or a lot more, but you just need more rest in your life? Anybody? Anybody's hand? Okay. I see those hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Well, there's two things about rest that we've got to, that we've got to just tackle, that we've got to handle right off the bat. Okay. Um, and that is, the first one is this, you can't, now I didn't say we, I didn't, I didn't include myself into this because I'm just preaching at you this morning, okay, I'm not, not, not with you, okay, but, but you can't, all right, we can't do it all, okay, everybody turn and look at your neighbor and say, you can't do it all, you can't do it all, right, you can't do it all. All right, you can't do it all. Now, this is a consistent theme, all right? This is a consistent theme, and I'm not going to turn to all these passages, but this is a consistent theme all throughout Scripture, right? We see people in the Bible try to do things by themselves that they're not able to do. Right? I mean, let's start with the creation story, right? Adam was, was given authority over the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, right? All in creation. And then God looked at Adam in, 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 in Genesis chapter 2, saw that he was alone, and said it was the first thing, the only thing in creation so far that wasn't good. 
And so he caused him to go into deep sleep. Just read this yesterday. For those of you that started your Bible in a year, you read this yesterday, right? That, um, that, 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 that this wasn't good, so caused him to go into a deep sleep and created Eve, right? And, 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 and then we see that they were together, and it was good, right? Um, I, I, think of, um, I think of Jethro, Yes, um, the Beverly Hillbillies uh, named Jethro is a biblical name, right? Jethro in Exodus 18, when he goes to visit his son-in-law, Moses, right, to bring Moses' wife and kids to see him, right? Jethro is sitting alone as judge, leading thousands and thousands of Israelites from, from captivity to freedom to the promised land. And Jethro gets there and looks at Moses and says, what you're doing for you and these people is not good. You're sitting alone as judge. Moses, you've got to build a team, right? You've got to build a team. And so Moses goes and builds a team, Exodus 18. Uh, um, later on, I think it was Moses in, in battle, right? And, and, and every time he would hold his arms up, right, they would win the battle. But if his arms started to drop, they would start to lose the battle. And so two people had to come and hold his arms up so that they would win the battle. We see that all throughout Scripture, that these individual people couldn't do it all. You can't do it all. You can't do it all. It's, 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 it's tempting to try, isn't it? It's tempting to try. I mean, I mean, how many of you have had this scenario play out in your life, right? Hey, don't try to do it all. I'll be there for you, right? Just let me know. And then you let them know, right? And, and, and two hours goes by from the time that they told you they were going to be there, right? And then three hours goes by. And then you're thinking, I could have had this done 10 times by now if I would have just done it by myself. And so then you go and do it by yourself and you throw your back out. Is that just me? Okay, right, right. You, you get the point though, right? You get the point, right? I've tried to rely on people and people have just kept failing me, right? That's one of the biggest excuses that we, that we use when it comes to not uh, doing it all ourselves, right? And to do it all ourselves. The second thing that I want to point out to you, right? You can't do it all. You can't do it all, but God can. Now, I know that sounds pretty basic, churchy, cliche, right? If your New Year's resolution or promise or whatever um, you do in your house was to make more, uh, make church more of a priority this year, and so you're you're trying it out, you're here, you're testing out, you're kicking the tires of church, and um, and the pastor just has stated the obvious, right? That I can't do it all, but God can. Spoiler alert, right? Every expectation. Um, and, and, you know, in church has just been fulfilled, right? We stood too long for music, right? And, and, now, and now, you know, the pastor is stating the obvious, right? God can, right? Well, let me, let, me just, let me just talk you through this for just a moment. We've seen this all throughout Scripture. Yet again, right? We've seen this all throughout Scripture. And so maybe, maybe... Maybe instead of, instead of looking at the Bible with, with critical eyes and trying to find everything that's wrong with it or what, what, what have you, right? Maybe we ought to just submit our lives to it, right? And, and, and think about maybe this message is for real because what if it is? Right? I mean, again, go back to creation. God created the heavens and the earth. And, and it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like the Christmas Eve message when, when we talked about, right? But 
how, could, how in the world could God create everything in six days? That's not possible. Okay, like maybe, right? But, but the text says, right, that God created everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested, right? On the seventh day, he rested. God created the heavens and the earth. God created all of the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. And yes, I don't understand it either, even the spiders. Doesn't make sense, right? Doesn't make sense. Um, I, I was thinking when it comes to the things that God can do and the things that only God can do in Scripture, I thought of the dry bones, Ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones, right? And, and Ezekiel's looking over this valley of dry bones. We don't have time to dig in to the, the whole context of this and the whole message of this, but, but I want you to get this piece of it, right? That Ezekiel's looking over this valley of dry bones, and, and God asks him, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And you, you, anybody know Ezekiel's response? Anybody remember? God, you know, right? God, you know. I don't know, right? But God, if there's anybody that knows if these bones can live, it's you. Um, Lazarus, the friend of Jesus, dead. When Jesus shows up, Jesus weeps. It's, it's the shortest verse in the Bible. Everybody ought to know that one. Jesus wept, right? And, and, and then he heals Lazarus. Why? Because God can do these things, right? And so what we got to recognize from the very beginning, and what I hope you gathered from last week, is that you can't do it all. But God can. You can't do it all. But God can. Right? And so there's four areas of rest that I want to talk about this morning. And then I want to talk about why even rest. Okay? And then I've got three things that, that I want for you this year. All right? And so the Pats play at one. We should be home by halftime, just in time to see the second half. Okay? Sound good? All right, sounds good. We're going to jump around the Bible in these, in, these, in these four categories of rest, but then we're going to land in Hebrews chapter 12. So if you have your Bible and you want to follow along, Hebrews chapter 12 is probably where you want to be. And you might want to, if you just have a pen and paper, if a, a, a smart device or a dumb device, depending on the operator, um, right? You can just take the, the notes of the references here. Some of you got that. Some of you didn't. Some of you are still marinating on it. Okay. Um, the first area of rest I want to talk about is physical rest. Physical rest. Our physical rest. Rest from work. If you're taking notes, write this down. God wants to, hear me, God wants to give you refreshment. God wants to give you refreshment. God wants to renew you physically. He wants to, he wants to help you rest, right? And, 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 and the older you get, right? I look at my kids now. I think Micah played uh, four, five basketball games this week, right? Like, like it was nothing, right? She probably could have played five more. Elizabeth probably played like 27 back there, right? Russ probably coached like nine or 10, right? I remember the days when I could do that. Now I play a basketball game and I need about a month, <laughs> right? I need about a month, right? But the point is, God wants to give you refreshment, 
right? He wants to renew you physically. Exodus 23, verse 12. Six days you shall do your work. We looked at this last week. But on the seventh day you shall rest, that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and the son of your servant and the alien may be refreshed. What God's trying to get across here is that everyone needs physical rest. And so God wants you to rest so that these others can rest, the animals and all the, all the people, the son of the servant, right? Because God knew that rest was good for the body. Now, everybody, everybody say everybody. All right, very good. Just making sure you're awake. This half of the room is very awake. Y'all need to work on this, okay? All right, y'all need to wake up. All right, sip of coffee. All right, let's go. Right? Everybody has a grit meter. I've been studying this. I've been studying rest for like the last couple of years, okay? Just, just trying to figure out how to rest, right? Everybody has a grit meter. So let's just pretend this is your grit meter. Everybody's grit meter. And like we talked about last week, everybody's plate's a different size. And so your grit meter may be this big. Some of you's grit meter may be this big. Some of you have, may have a grit meter this big, right? And every morning, your grip meter goes back to full. Like when you plug your phone in, right? I plug my phone in on the other side of the room so that it's not right next to the bed so that I don't hear text messages overnight and all those different things, right? And so I plug my phone in on the other side of the room and walk away from it to go to sleep. It's awesome. I started on sabbatical. I haven't gone back. I've thought about going back many times, but the devil can't get me, okay? So, um, all right, but everybody's grip meter, so just like your phone, when you charge it at night, and I know Dylan's going to talk to me afterwards and say, you shouldn't charge your phone every night because you're ruining the battery, because if it's not completely dead, then you shouldn't charge it back to full. It's too exhausting to remember, so I'll just charge it every night, right? And so, and so everybody's grip meter is at 100% in the morning, just like my phone in the morning's at 100%, right? And so everybody's grip meter is at 100%, and during the day, during the day, right? Your grit meter starts to sink, right? Have you ever noticed that it's easier to bite your tongue when you first wake up than at about seven or eight o'clock at night? Anybody, right? Anybody, right? How many of you know, right? And, and, and studies have shown this. You can research it. I can send you some of my research on grit, right? There's a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth that's phenomenal. It's all about this. It's not a Christian book, but it's, it's, it's very good. Highly recommend it, right? And, and, um, and, 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 uh, but what they talk about, right, is that studies show people that exercise, right? People, I'm not saying that you need to exercise. I'm not, don't hear that, right? I'm just saying people that exercise, and you may think those weirdos, I get it, right? First thing in the morning are more successful in creating consistent habits with exercise, whether that's walking, whether that's lifting weights, whether that's class, what, what have you, right? They're more committed. They're more dedicated. Why? Because when you get out of work, right, it's easier to talk yourself out of stopping at the gym on the way home, right? Kids want you home, right? Spouse wants you home. Hey, I made Alfredo for dinner. Well, that's not going to wait an hour because if it waits an hour, then it's not going to be as good as it is right now. And so I've got to get home and I've got to eat that, right? And that grip meter goes down throughout the day, right? And so one of the things that I've started making sure that I do, right, when it comes to my physical body, when it comes to my physical health, is I do the hard things first, right? Why? Because I'm, I'm, more, I'm more apt to do them and actually follow through with them, right, than if I wait till, till later in the day. Then I'll wait till later in the day. 
Okay, and so, and so your grip, right? But God wants to refresh you in the same way, right? That your grip meter refreshes, so your body refreshes, right? Each and every day. His mercies are new every morning. I was out for a run the other day and, and on Friday and was just thinking about, God, what do you want in 2022? I was just thinking, was just praying, right? And all of a sudden, God just, just, just the word new kept coming to my heart, to my mind, that his mercies are new every morning. He wants a new thing in Gorham. He wants a new thing at Summit Church. He wants a new thing in the Bush family. He wants to make things new. There was a pastor recently that was documented, a real popular pastor, real famous pastor who was documented saying that God doesn't want to make things new. He just wants to reveal the real you. That's a lie from scripture, right? That's not real. The, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God wants to do a new thing in your heart and a new thing in your soul and a new thing in your body. This is where sleep is super important. Okay, I'm not trying to be a self-help coach. That's not me. Okay, that's not. Trust me, that's not me. Unless you like milkshakes. Okay, but anyway, this is where sleeping is important, right? They say your nighttime routine can be just as important as your morning routine. But a rest from busy. See, the, 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 hear this. Hear this. The enemy wins. If he can distract us with busyness. And some of us don't give physical rest to our bodies, right? Because we're trying to avoid, right? We're trying to run from something, right? We're trying to run from something. Think about Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. They had no leisure even to eat. They were so busy doing things that they, they, that they couldn't even eat, right? You ever feel like that, right? You couldn't even eat. And so for physical rest, it's important for us, right, to, to sleep. It's important for us to stop, right? It's important for us to, to do something different, to rest our bodies, to take a vacation, right? To do whatever it takes to rest our physical body. Let's keep going. Emotional rest, right? We got we got to keep going. We got to hurry. Um, Jeff's got an appointment. Okay. Emotional rest. Rest from troubles. God wants you to enjoy the gift. Hear that? The gift of stillness. Psalm thirty-seven, seven. We talked about this last week. Be still in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Be still and know that he's God and that you're not. In case you needed that reminder this morning, right? But I want you to see the gift of rest. See, God wants to take away our burdens. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Think about how you feel. I want you to think about it for a moment. Think, think about this. Think about how you feel maybe after a, after a funeral, um, after, after maybe, maybe if some of you can remember how this felt, maybe after a breakup, um, after watching the Titanic, right? I'll never let go, Rose. And then, and then she releases him, right? Such a sad moment. I want you to think about how you feel, right? Um, after, after those moments, or you insert it, right? After a long day at work, right? Hungry, 
exhausted, confused, all at once, right? All at once. We need to get some emotional rest by offloading our feelings to a willing listener, to someone that will listen. This is where prayer comes in, right? And then keep talking to prevent future emotional overload. See, some of you are like me, right? I told you last week, I'll be as vulnerable and as honest as I possibly can be, right? Some of you are like me and you love to sweep, right? You love to sweep. I love to sweep. I love to sweep. I was really frustrated this past week. Uh, we got away for a couple nights and went to a hotel, and there was not a broom in the room. And, and it really frustrated me because the kids ate muffins for breakfast, cupcakes, and if you know kids and muffins and cupcakes, they were everywhere. And not only did they not give us a broom, but we didn't take the dog to clean up after. Like, dogs are great for that, right? Like, you don't need to sweep half as much right? If you have a dog, because they'll, they'll just go around and do it for you. Our, our dog's hilarious. He'll, he'll lay down while everybody's, sleep, while everybody's eating for the most part. And then, and then as people start to get up, he just walks around the island, right? Just with his nose on the floor, just finding all of the things that the kids dropped. He knows not to come to my area because I don't drop anything, right? <laughs> but but he, he, he knows Ezra and Vera especially. He goes to their places and he finds a full meal on the floor that they missed, right? But, but I like to sweep. And, and, and yes, physically, but I do this emotionally, probably more so than I do physically, where I sweep my emotions under the rug, right? Because I, I listen to people. But here's the thing. People don't need to hear my burdens. That's the lie I tell myself, right? I'm a listener. I'm not a sharer, right? And so when I have emotions, it's much easier for me, I didn't say healthier, it's much easier for me to just sweep my emotions, my feelings under the rug, right, and just move on. We don't have time to deal with my emotions. There's too much at stake, right? All these different, all these different excuses and lies that I tell myself so that I can just sweep my emotions under the rug. And then at the right time, and it's typically one of the kids, right, or the dog at times, at the right time, they'll come around and they'll step on that rug in just the right spot where all of the frustrations and emotions over the last couple weeks, month, however long I've been sweeping under that rug, and it explodes all over them, and they look back at me and we're like, wow, you've got issues. You need help. And I need to run, right? And it's scary. And I want you to think about that, because some of you are exactly like me. Wouldn't it be much easier? Wouldn't it be much easier I've got a friend of mine that, uh, that we'll call each other sometimes and we'll just say, hey, I need to dump the truck for a minute. Or we'll just dump the truck for five to ten minutes and then we'll get to the end of it and realize what we just did and we'll say, oh man, sorry I just dumped the truck. But it's, it's like one of the most healthy things we could do for each other. It's a gift. I probably should send him some money from time to time. But sometimes you've just got to offload and unload your feelings, so that you can be emotionally healthy. Be still. Be still. And that includes doing so 
with God. Take time to give your heart a break. Take time to give your heart a break. All right, mental rest. We've got to get going. Mental rest. Rest from anxiety. God wants to bring you peace. Two big verses on this. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. See, I wonder, I, 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 I want, I don't know if you're like me. I just wonder if you read that like me and think, yeah, but Paul, Paul didn't know 2020. Paul didn't know 2021. Paul didn't know COVID, right? Like Paul didn't know. Paul didn't know what, it, what, what this was going to be like. And so it's not fair for him to write this, right, to the church of Philippi and say, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, right? Let your request be made known to God. Let me tell you something. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Scripture is timeless. And so this is as true today as it was back when he was writing it to the church of Philippi. Same with this one, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. You want a mental rest? You want a mental break? Cast all your anxieties on God. Have you ever felt like your brains just turned to mush? That's what it's like when you need a mental rest, when you need to just breathe, right? You may have been staring at the same mind. Your mind might just be numb. And the next time you need a mental break, turn your screens off, take a few moments to look at Scripture, to ground yourself, to breathe in and out with God, spend time in prayer, build time to turn your mind off, right? And what I've started doing to, to, to rest my mind Right? Is to is to read something that has nothing to do with church or COVID. Like I just need to learn some things that have that's that that's how I learned about y'all remember back in August when I told you the story about how do you break a stone? Right? That that there's ways to break it without dynamite. You just take a hammer and you just beat at that thing. I'm not saying I want to go out and do stonework, right? And just bang a hammer on a, on a rock for a thousand times and see how long, see how many times I can hammer that thing till it breaks. But I loved learning about it, right? I loved learning about it. Kristen's loving this side of me because she's a five on the Enneagram, right? Which is an investigative person. She wants to know every detail about everything, right? And so if I tell her, well, hey, this person didn't come, well, why didn't they come to church? I don't know. They just said they couldn't make it. Well, I wonder why they couldn't make it. They just couldn't make it. Well, did you find out? Well, you should call back and find out why they couldn't make it and figure, figure out every detail of this because she wants to know. And in, and in that, she's not being nosy. She just wants to know how she can best care for you and her fiveness. Super annoying. Right? But it's beautiful. Right? And so, and so where am I? Oh, so I've started, I've started reading. I've started, I've started reading something that has nothing to do with things that I do in my everyday life. I've started learning about all kinds of useless information. Like, you want to know where frogs keep their money? In the riverbank. Okay, lastly, spiritual rest. Okay, this... I think that's a record. I've made my brother laugh twice this morning <laughs> at the silliest things. Anyway, okay. 
This is your daily talk time. See, now y'all can't be mad about that joke because it made Andy laugh, and so you think it's cute, right? So just remember that, all right? This is your daily talk time. Remember what talk time is from last week, time alone with God. Again, the Navigators, who are a, 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 an organization that we're partnered with, they abbreviate everything, right? And so talk time, time alone with God. This is your spiritual rest. And early in the morning, Jesus separated himself to pray. I know not a lot of you are morning people. I love the morning. There's just something about the morning, right? Throughout the day, it's when you take every thought captive and meditate on a promise of God. Build in time. As you're thinking about being intentional in 2022, build in time to spend time with Jesus. Now, why do we rest? Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me tell you why we rest. Because there's a mission for his church. We rest. We rest because God wants to use us. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we are not resting, when we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we're spent, we lose sight of that. Like we lose sight of that. One of the things I realized this morning, uh, again, I'll be as vulnerable and honest as I can with you, right? When I get here first thing in the morning uh, and, and, and pull the trailer and back the trailer up and start walking in, I'm, I'm really not a pleasant person. Like I'm not. Because there's so much to be done. Like I really, like every Sunday that I come in and set up, I wonder if this screen is going to stand. Like I, I wonder, especially with some of you that are responsible for setting it up. <laughs> right? Like I, I just wonder, right? And I, and I realized this morning as I was sitting back there, kind of getting my heart ready for the morning, I realized I can't let portable church and setting up Sunday after Sunday after Sunday steal the joy of the mission that we're doing here. I can't. Thanks for letting me confess that. I feel much better. But the reason that we've got to be intentional about resting, the reason that we've got to hold each other accountable when it comes to rest is because there is a mission that God has for each and every one of us and for us collectively that we've got to be ready to fulfill. That we've got to be ready to carry out. That we've got to be ready to do. There's a basketball player. Again, I told you I've been, I've been learning about a lot of things, researching a lot of things that have nothing to do with, with, with church and, and things like that. There's a basketball player. His name's Theo Pinson. He went to college at the University of North Carolina, the best basketball program in the nation. Okay? Un, 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 whatever. Right? Uh, and, uh, and, and, and he went, he went to college there, graduated, went and has kind of been in and out of the NBA. He's kind of been in and out of the NBA. And this season, I was really pumped. I was really pumped because the Boston Celtics signed him, but they didn't sign him to let him play down in Boston. They wanted him to play in Maine for the Maine Celtics, otherwise known as the Red Claws, and more appropriately known as the Red Claws, because the Maine Celtics and the Boston Celtics, they just get, that just gets confusing, right? Ezra told me the other night, I want to go see the Celtics play. Which ones? Both. Well, buddy, <laughs> yeah, right? And so, and so he, he, he came up and played in 
Maine. And then recently, recently he got um, signed by the Dallas Mavericks to go play in the NBA. And he posted something on his uh, Insta, right, which is short for Instagram. He posted something on his Insta, right, talking about how he said, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And I was like, oh, man, that's good, right? Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. When it comes to the mission of God, what would it look like for us to stay ready so we don't have to get ready, right? see, See, here's the thing. I believe, I believe in the bottom of my heart, right, that God, that God wants to use each and every one of you. The question I have for you today is, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are your priorities where they need to be? Are you rested? Are you rejuvenated? Are you energized for the sake of the gospel, right? The good news of Jesus, right? Are you ready to go and tell other people? Or, or when you see people, are you like, man, I hope they don't talk to me, right? Oh, man, I hope I can avoid this conversation, right? Chances are, if that is our mindset, it's not that we're an introvert, it's probably that we're tired. Rest for the mission. Um, See, the the truth is, when it comes to this, we're not bad, we're just busy. We're, We're just busy. So how do we throw off everything that hinders us from the mission that God's called us to? Look at, look at verse uh, 1 here of chapter 12. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, including busyness. That's where it starts, right? That we throw off everything that hinders. We throw off everything that hinders. That's where it starts, but that's not where it stops. The author of Hebrews continues by saying, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We run with perseverance. We run with perseverance. See, perseverance not, is not easy. Discipline is painful. Somebody say amen, right? But we run with perseverance. We throw off everything that hinders, and we run with perseverance, right? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. When you're tempted to stop, remember why you started. When when you're tempted to stop, remember why you started. Run with perseverance. Think about Jesus on the cross being tempted to stop, if it's possible, would you take this cup from me? And then a few minutes later, into your hands I commit my spirit. See, Jesus pursued his mission uncluttered by staying focused on what mattered most, the joy that was set before him. And we talk about this often. What was that joy? That joy was you, me, and the church, and the hope of the resurrection and the renewal of all creation. And so how do we live with an uncluttered pursuit of his mission? We throw off everything that hinders. We run with perseverance. And then lastly, and obviously, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
We fix our eyes on Jesus. See, my question for you this morning is, what are your eyes fixed on? What are your eyes fixed on? When our eyes are fixed on anything other than Jesus, it will inevitably lead us away from Jesus. As people, unless we fix our eyes on Jesus, we will continually find ourselves frustrated with the way our life is going, empty, right? With the way our life is going. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, he will lead us to a better way. See, the truth is these words confront me. Because I know this doesn't happen to you, but it happens to me. I know how often I take my eyes off of Jesus I know how often I take my eyes off of his mission. And I put my eyes on myself. And whatever it is for you, when our eyes aren't fixed on Jesus and they're fixed on anything other than Jesus, it will inevitably lead us from Jesus. So we need to do two things here. Number one, We've got to live with intentionality when it comes to rest. Figure it out. If you were to look at yourself and evaluate yourself mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, right? Where do I need the most rest? And take, take some time to plan how you're going to make that happen this week. Look at your spouse. Look at your family. Look at the people around you and say, listen, I need to rest. I need to not feel the pressure of painting this conference room this week, Dylan, so that I can just breathe and rest, pal. Okay? And let them help you. Let them help you rest. Let them help you rest. It's hard. I remember on sabbatical, there were all kinds of people that weren't calling me and weren't telling me how church was going and all those things. And it was very frustrating. I got angry at a couple people because I just wanted to know. I wanted to know about you, right? I missed you and all the, all the, all the excuses that I was telling myself and them. But it, but it, wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have helped me rest. And so, and so they very, very rudely cut me off. But it's what I needed. It's what I needed. And that sabbatical was a success. Because some of you were really big, mean people. I almost said jerks, but I didn't want to call Ian a jerk, okay? Mean people, right? And so you need people around you that will help you do that. We need intentionality. And then secondly, discipline to follow through. Discipline to follow through. I can plan all the rest I want. But if I don't take the steps to actually rest and follow through, it's not going to happen. Discipline to follow through. Discipline to follow through. Now, we're going to shift gears here for just a moment. But I want three things for each and every one of you this year. And here they are. Okay? I want you to rest so that we can do these things together. Summit Church. I want you to be ready for what God has for you. For somebody in here that might be meeting Jesus this year. 
getting baptized. For some of you, it might be recommitting to a church after a hurt. For some of you, it might be getting back into church after a long pandemic. But I want you to be ready for what God has for you. I don't want you sitting on the bench and hearing God say, hey, it's time for you to get in. It's time for you to get in. And you look back at him with panic, like a player looking back at a coach saying, I don't want to go in. I'm not ready. Don't put me in. If you put me in, we're guaranteed to lose. I love that song that we sing from time to time. Boldly I approach your throne. Boldly, with confidence, I come before you. Right? That's the type of confidence I want us to walk around with, church, that, that we know we're ready to, to accomplish what God has for us. Secondly, I want you to be ready for what God has for you. Secondly, I want us to have the right focus. I want us to have the right focus. I need to ask you to do something really hard for me. Okay? It's really, it's really hard, but it's biblical. I want you to trust the leaders of your church when it comes to COVID. Trust that we're going to do the right thing. Trust that we're taking the measures that we feel are necessary. We've got a leadership meeting tomorrow night, and that's on the agenda. Trust that if we shouldn't have church, we're not going to have church, and we're going to go virtual. We've done that. But we're not going to go virtual every time we hear somebody in the church has COVID. We went virtual because we, we heard that someone, had church, someone in the church had COVID, and they had exposed, like, 40 of our folks, and we felt like we needed to just pause for a moment, but we didn't want to sound the alarm, right, that, that we were going to do that every time somebody tested. We're in a big room. There's no reason you can't space out. Sit in a mask. If you feel more comfortable in a mask, nobody's going to judge you, and if they do, tell them to come see me, and I'll bless them. Because this stuff is for everybody outside these four walls. I looked at Kristen last night and I said, I can't talk about this anymore. Like, I can't. We are allowing this to distract the body of Christ from the mission that it's been called to. Now listen to me. That doesn't give you permission to be ignorant and irresponsible. It does not give us permission to be ignorant and irresponsible. Okay, we've got doctors in the room that are working really, really hard, working really hard. We've got school workers in the room. I, I know this lady right back here that works at Great Falls. She's the administrator there. I'm not sure anybody in, works. I, I know I don't work as hard as that woman does. She's unbelievable. She also gave me a speeding ticket one morning, which was rude, but... You school folks, you nurses, you doctors, you are working so hard, and thank you. And I never, I never want to undermine or disrespect you, but we are called to a mission here. And we've got to ask ourselves, are we focused more on COVID or what God has for His church? 
Are we more, uh, and, and, and listen, I'm not coming with an agenda here. I'm not coming with an agenda here because I, I, I think people are being really ignorant. I was talking to a friend down in North Carolina the other day and I got really frustrated. Got really frustrated. But my question is this. Are you allowing this pandemic, which is very serious, and we've lost a dear friend to it. Dan lost an uncle to it. Are we more focused on this, or are we focused on the mission that God has for His church? So please, trust your leaders when it comes to this. If we ask you to wear a mask, wear a mask. We ask you to wear a mask to your seat, wear a mask to your seat. It's not hard. Our kids sit in them all day during school and they don't complain once. It's okay. You can do this. I believe in you. Trust us. Trust us. And let's stay focused on the mission that God has for us. I'll say the same. Let's be more focused on Jesus in 2022 than we are a building. Deal? I could go on a rant about the building just as much as I did about COVID. But I don't have time. Okay? My hope for you is that you'd be ready for what God has for you. That you'd have the right focus. And then lastly, and most importantly, I think, maybe... Maybe focus is most important. That we do this together. That we'd be together. Whatever that looks like. I know some folks that are home right now watching this online because they just couldn't, they couldn't be here this morning. They're being smart. They're thinking of you. They're being gracious. Right? And they're, they're stepping back. They're watching from home. Right? So I recognize that there's times we need to do those types of things. But let's, let's do life together this year. Like let's, learn, like, let's learn some things about each other. Let's do some life together. Join a small group if you're not in a small group. Like you're missing out if you're thinking that your spiritual health comes from just Sunday morning. You're going to struggle. Like, join a small group. Join three small groups. Take the Herb Perry way and join, like, all of them. Okay? If that's your thing. Right? But rest. Right? But, jo- but, but do all these things and rest. Right? But let's do it together. Right? Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. I've asked the staff, come on, worship team. Jeff, I think you got time. Come on, worship team. I've asked the staff for staff meeting tomorrow. I don't know if you know this. We have staff meetings on Mondays. And I've asked the staff to, um, to come tomorrow with three personal goals and three church goals. I can't wait, to, can't wait to hear what's on the minds of these guys as, as we set goals for us this year. And all I'm trying to do in that is a couple of things, right? Make sure that we're pulling in the same direction. 
right? But also making sure that we're intentional. I'll never forget a few years ago we did this, and I was sitting around my dining room table with a kid by the name of Josh Larrabee. He's not a kid anymore. He's on staff over at East Point, doing great things for the Lord. And, um, and Josh threw out a number that morning of he wanted to see 50 people baptized at South Coast that year. And, and mind you, our church was like 120 people at the time. Like 120 people, 130 people. And like we counted college students twice back then. Because it was a miracle that they were awake and there. Okay. And, and so we were running like 120, 130 people. And then JLR says, hey, I want to see over 50 people baptized. I wish I remember the year. It was like 2015 maybe, 2016. That year, we baptized 57 people. And that doesn't even count the Camp 207 baptisms. When he, when he said that number 50, I snickered. I laughed at him. Because I thought, there's no way. Like, have you seen our church? But we set a goal. We set an expectation. And that year, we were probably the most intentional on the gospel that we had ever been in talking about baptism and planning baptisms and making much of baptisms because it was a focus for us. It was an intentional thing for us. And God showed up and made it happen. Where do you want to see God work the most in your life? Are you willing to live with an intentionality and a discipline on His mission a focus on who he is, the person and work of Jesus, to make it happen in his power and for his glory. So God, I pray for rest. God, I pray for a focus on you. God, I pray for an intentionality and a discipline in this room for the things of you. God, that you would get all the glory. And God, that we would remember that you're God and we're not. In Jesus' name, amen.